On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, the Model 3 and Model Y are changing in appearance, but you'll never guess how. Plus, Tesla announces another record-breaking quarter of production and deliveries, the Tesla Semi finally gets a launch date, and more. Greetings, friends. Ryan McCaffrey here with you for a, you know, mini milestone, episode 375. It's kind of a nice little in-between round number of uh, Ride the Lightning, your weekly Tesla unofficial podcast for October 9th, 2022. Daisy the Boxer is uh, actually currently to my right instead of to my left. She's down on her dog bed just... What are you doing? Cleaning some feet. All right. Fair enough. Uh, let's get started. There is a lot to talk about. Uh, actually, real quick, just a quick follow-up on... Optimus, the Tesla bot from last week. For this week's Patreon poll, which again, anybody can vote in. You don't have to be a Patreon backer. Just go to patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. I usually post those on trying to do Tuesdays, Tuesday nights for the Patreon poll. Sometimes it's Wednesday. Anyway, my question this week on the poll was again, a follow-up. I said, all right, Are you more excited about Optimus after the reveal, less excited, or the same? And the results with 176 votes, 56% of you saying, I feel the same as I did before the reveal. 34%, so one in three people who voted saying they are more excited, and really just one in 10, 11% saying they are less excited about the Optimus. So we'll see what happens with the Tesla bot as time goes on. Uh, Also, I hope all of you ludicrous tier backers and higher on the aforementioned Patreon enjoyed this week's lightning round mini episode, which was all about my wife's latest thinking, her latest plans for her next car. Let's just say she's now thinking about a different Tesla. So if you'd like to hear that episode and all of those Patreon-exclusive weekly lightning round mini episodes. They are on patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. If you sign up and back me at the ludicrous tier or higher, and it is my goal to hopefully get you to uh, feel like you, that I have earned your Patreon support sooner or later. All right. Uh, Also, I think this is the second to last time I will mention this because the events coming up. TeslaCon Florida is nearly upon us. I will be there as a featured speaker. I'm looking forward to it. It's happening October 21st and 22nd at Cape Canaveral. Get more info at teslaconflorida.com. Let's jump right in to the, what are three big news stories this week? And I've got a few more for you as well, but let's start with the big ones. First up, the tease at the top of the show about the appearance of the Model 3 and Model Y changing. It is, in fact, all four Tesla vehicles that will be changing, but just the three and the Y to start. The S and the X will follow in 2023. And if you're still wondering, what on earth, Ryan, are you talking about? Well, it's that the ultrasonic sensors, the 12 little tiny hockey puck things around the front and rear of the car, are going away, effective immediately for new build threes and Ys. The S and the X will follow next year. Tesla put up a blog post about this. 
I'm not going to read you the whole thing because it was pretty long, but here's the important chunk of the blog as far as I'm concerned from Tesla. They say, quote, Today we are taking the next step in Tesla vision by removing ultrasonic sensors from Model 3 and Model Y. We will continue this rollout with Model 3 and Model Y globally over the next few months, followed by Model S and Model X in 2023. Along with the removal of the ultrasonic sensors, we have simultaneously launched our vision-based occupancy network, currently used in the full self-driving beta, to replace the inputs generated by the ultrasonic sensors. With today's software, this approach gives autopilot high-definition spatial positioning, longer-range visibility, and ability to identify and differentiate between objects. As with many Tesla features, our occupancy network will continue to improve rapidly over time. For a short period of time during this transition, Tesla Vision vehicles that are not equipped with ultrasonic sensors will be delivered with some features temporarily limited or inactive, including, and there are four of them, Park Assist alerts you of surrounding objects when the vehicle is traveling less than five miles per hour, Auto Park, automatically maneuvers into parallel or perpendicular parking spaces. Summon, manually move your car forward or reverse via the Tesla app. And Smart Summon navigates your vehicle to your location or location of your choice via the Tesla app. In the near future, once these features achieve parity, a performance parity to today's vehicles, they will be restored via a series of over-the-air software updates. All other available autopilot, enhanced autopilot, and full self-driving capability features will be active at delivery depending on order configuration. Given the incremental improvements already achieved with Tesla Vision and our roadmap of future autopilot improvements and abilities, we are confident that this is the best strategy for the future of autopilot and the safety of our customers. And uh, in case you're wondering, by the way, because I know I was since it happened with the radar-equipped cars, Tesla does state, quote, At this time, we do not plan to remove the functionality of ultrasonic sensors in our existing fleet. That was uh, in the FAQ, the frequently asked questions at the bottom of the page. That was the big one, as far as I was concerned. Now, cynically, you might suggest that this is a cost-cutting move for Tesla. As I said, there are a dozen total ultrasonic sensors around the car, six on the front, six on the back. Although as a quick aside, I am going to guess, though I admit I do not know, Tesla has not clarified this as of my recording time, but I'm going to guess that there's one exception to the removal of the ultrasonic sensors. And that is the ultrasonic sensors that are inside the Model X's Falcon wing doors. The ones that can see through metal and help the doors stop if they detect an object either next to them or above them that they will hit if the Falcon wing door continues opening. I suspect uh, it's gonna be those common ultrasonic sensors, the 12 that are on the front and rear bumpers of every Tesla that are being deleted. Anyway, uh, it of course is, I mean, it's cynical to say it, but it's true also just because it's a cynical <laughs> way to say it doesn't mean it's not also true. It is a cost-cutting move. Certainly not putting 12 ultrasonic sensors on all one point, 
well, Tesla's going to sell, uh, they're going to produce what, about 1.4 million cars this year or so. And next year they're going to do probably over 2 million. So, you know, do the math. That's a lot of ultrasonic sensors that Tesla's not going to have starting next year and well, starting immediately. But it's up to Tesla to prove that they can make these cars just as safe or perhaps even safer without the sensors than with them. Now, personally, I think this is one of those situations where at least as far as I'm concerned, I'm going to give Tesla the benefit of the doubt here in the grand scheme of things because their track record when it comes to safety is simply impeccable. It is industry leading. It is, these are the safest cars in the world. So if Tesla says they can achieve all of the functionality of these 12 ultrasonic sensors without them and do it through the eight surrounding autopilot cameras, well, I'm inclined again to believe them, to give them the benefit of the doubt. Although that said, if previous hardware transitions that Tesla has voluntarily engaged in have taught us anything, for instance, the switch from autopilot one, which was provided by Mobileye to the in-house Tesla developed autopilot two. And then a second example, the switch from radar based autopilot to vision based autopilot. The people who get the first wave of these ultrasonic sensorless cars, it is fair to say they might be in, hopefully not, but his history says there is a decent chance they might be in for a bit of a rough transition period while Tesla does get that feature set for those cars back up to parity with the cars that all exist now that do have those ultrasonic sensors. Hopefully, if there is a transition, it's going to happen much quicker than those other two that I just mentioned, especially the uh, autopilot one to autopilot two transition. It took literal years to get back to feature and functionality parity for the autopilot two cars compared to the autopilot one cars. However, on the plus side, let me say this as somebody who does care about how his car looks and and I like a clean look. I like a minimalist look. If this is going to improve the appearance of all of the cars, but particularly the Cybertruck and the next-gen Roadster, which there will, there will exist ever, zero examples that have those little round pucks all around the vehicles. Because, of course, the, the uh, prototypes of the Cybertruck and of the Roadster don't have them. So we've never seen a Cybertruck or a Roadster with ultrasonic sensors. I won't say ruining the look, that's way too strong of a way to say it, but let's say just diminishing the clean appearance by a little bit. So all of the Roadsters, all of the Cybertrucks will be free of those ultrasonic sensors. I mean, in the you might wonder, well, in the Cybertruck, how the heck were they going to do them? Were they going to punch out little tiny holes in the stainless steel to accommodate them? Well, thankfully, no, that, that probably wouldn't have been needed. They could have been integrated into the two bumpers, the front and rear bumper on the Cybertruck. They would not have had to cut into the stainless and, and punch holes in them. But the Roadster certainly is just all painted 
lightweight material. It's probably going to be either a carbon fiber body or, at worst, an aluminum body. Uh, although the, the fascias, no doubt, will be plastic, like uh, just like any other modern car is. So no pucks there either. I will. It's going to be a little weird at first to see Model 3s and Model Ys without the pucks, just since they've always had them, right? So you're used to seeing it on your car, on any Tesla you see on the road, and now they're Model 3s and Model Ys going out already. It's happening right now that just have a totally clean front fascia and rear bumper. Now, the Model S, if you, for a little fun Tesla bit of history, just a, a tiny little mostly meaningless factoid, but relevant to this story, the original Model S's back in 2012 and the first half or so of 2013 did not have ultrasonic sensors. Though That feature was only introduced in the second half of 2013 on the S, as part of the uh, as part of the tech package, as my memory serves me here, as I think I've got that correct. So I wonder. It, it doesn't seem like these are going to be part of the the cumulative any sort of greater 2023 model year change. Because again, these cars are going out now. There have already been pictures that have surfaced online of the latest builds that do not have this, these ultrasonic pucks on the cars. So these are still 2022 model year cars. The 2023 model year uh, cars, that's, those are due to, to go into production in about one month from now, even potentially uh, a tad less, like November 1st. I mean, you've got Tuesday, November 1st. I wonder if, if uh, 2023 model year production will start on the Monday, October 31st, or if they will do it on the clean start of the month uh, which they have in the past on Tuesday, November 1st. I guess it'll probably be just on the first of the month because uh, the Fremont factory operates 24-7. So there really isn't a Monday through Friday traditional work week. It's a it's a 24-7 operation over there. But in any case, this is big. I mean, this is a significant change to... I mean, okay, the, the f- appearance is... It's not going to be a huge change, but it is a change. You will notice it, that, that these little pucks aren't there. But uh, functionality-wise, the hope is that it's not a big deal, that it's not a big change, but that does remain to be seen. So I'll be keeping my eye on the Tesla community for reports from uh, new owners taking delivery. In fact, this, is, of course, is going to affect plenty of you. If you've got an order right now for a 3 or a Y that you have not yet taken delivery of, and the odds are very, very, very high that you're going to get a car that does not have the ultrasonic sensors. And so I'd like to hear from you. If you're going to be, if this is your first Tesla, great. I'd love to hear from you. If this is uh, your second or, or third Tesla, I would definitely love to hear from you because you'll have a previous experience to compare to an apples-to-apples experience on a previous Tesla. So uh, we shall see what what happens here, but definitely those four features I mentioned from the Tesla blog are not going to be available for some period of time on the latest build threes and whys. Next up this week segueing into a similar topic. 
Tesla's Q3 production and delivery numbers have been revealed and well, ho-hum, it's another record quarter. Production, 365,923 total vehicles. Deliveries, 343,830. Hold your thought on that gap. For a bit of context though, in Q2, which as you'll recall was affected by COVID-related shutdowns at Giga Shanghai, the production number, so I'm going to ignore deliveries for a minute here, uh, but the previous quarter's production number, 258,500, so big difference between Q2 and Q3. Q1 was 305,000 and change production. Q4 of last year, going back three quarters, again, 305,000, 305,800 on the production And then year over year, Q3 of 2021 was 237,800 and change on the production. So year over year, which a lot of companies like to point to, Tesla included, year over year, Tesla is up over 50%. That is significant. Now, let's circle back. You may be wondering about that big gap between production and deliveries, because usually it's much closer than that with Tesla. Well, Tesla went ahead and headed that off, and they included an explanation for that in what was otherwise a pretty short press release. Tesla said, quote, Historically, our delivery volumes have skewed towards the end of each quarter due to regional batch building of cars. As our production volumes continue to grow, it it is becoming increasingly challenging to secure vehicle transportation capacity and at a reasonable cost during these peak logistics weeks. In Q3, we began transitioning to a more even regional mix of vehicle builds each week, which led to an increase in cars in transit at the end of the quarter. These cars have been ordered and will be delivered to customers upon arrival at their destination. In other words, Tesla has decided they are no longer going to pay through the nose just to get cars transported and delivered at the very end of a quarter, which honestly makes sense. There's no real need for them to do that anymore. They have matured past needing to do that as a company, fiscally speaking. From a cash-on-hand balance, of cash-on-hand perspective, I should say. Now, real quick, I just want to read you the employee side of this. So we want to, we always want to consider the human aspect here, which is important because, you know, the, these end of quarters have traditionally been crunch periods for the Tesla employees where it would be all hands on deck, doesn't matter what part of the company you work in, you come out, you help with deliveries, you might work till midnight, and that's tough. Crunching four times a year like that is tough, particularly, you know, Tesla, by their own admission, by Elon's own admission, is already a company that asks a lot of its employees. It is not a cushy gig. It is a, a busy job. It's a, every role is, is nose to the grindstone. They are always moving very, very quickly, trying to evolve, improve, and, and move the world forward, move towards the world's transition to sustainable energy. Now, a a uh, contact of mine who works in deliveries 
told me this. Let me just find, uh, hold on, this person phrased it. Yeah, here we go. I asked about this. said, oh, how did the end of the quarter go for you? And this contact responded to me, it's really funny. We deliver more and more cars each quarter, but it gets less and less crazy. So that's a good thing. That is a good thing for the health and well-being of the Tesla team across the board. So that's good. Now, uh, remember also that in a shareholder deck from earlier in this year, Tesla had said that they hope to exit 2022, come out of the year at a 2 million cars per year run rate. In other words, just exit the year on pace to do 2 million cars per year. In order to do that, with this now, this production and delivery number we've just gotten, they would need to go from 365,000 cars produced in Q3 to 500,000 produced in Q4. That is a substantial jump. In fact, it is a 37% jump to be specific. That might be, if we're trying to just be a little realistic here, that might be a bridge too far to have the quarter be a 2 million year uh, run rate for the entire quarter. But I wouldn't put it past Tesla at all as that overarching goal. And if it happens, it's likely to be largely on the back of Shanghai. Because as we know, Tesla Shanghai, the Tesla China team, I should say, at Giga Shanghai, has exceeded every goal ever set for them going all the way back to the day they broke ground on that factory. Plus, you do have continued uptick in production rates from Giga Texas as well as Giga Berlin, the latter of whom marked a 2000 Model Y week on Twitter this past week. They acknowledged they, they, a little celebratory tweet that they made 2000 Model Ys in one week. If they continue that, let's just try a little quick napkin math You're looking at 26,000 cars from Berlin for the quarter. Can Texas do 20,000? That would leave Fremont and Berlin to 454,000 between them for the quarter. Uh, If Shanghai does 10,000 cars per week after their capacity upgrade last quarter, well, that would be, what, 130,000? 13-week quarter from Shanghai, uh, which would leave Fremont to do 324,000 cars all on their own, which nets out to a pace of 25,000 cars per week. That is pretty unlikely. So what I think is much more likely is that Tesla does indeed exit Q4 at a 2 million per year run rate, but it's only going to be for the last week or two of that 13-week quarter, which is fine. That's what they said their goal was, was just to exit the year. They didn't specify for the entire fourth quarter. So if they can do that, even if it's just one week, that final week of December, it would give them some really significant momentum heading into what is going to be a huge and very significant 2023 where the Cybertruck will be entering production as one major thing that'll happen that'll add to the add to the production and delivery number. Uh, One other note, as always, Model S and Model X production was just a tiny percentage of overall production compared to the high volume 3 and Y. The S and the X accounted for just 6% of 
of total production in Q3. However, looking a little more closely at it, they did just under 20,000 SNX for Q3, 19,935 was the exact number, which is a very nice improvement over the 16,411 from last quarter. That is a 21% improvement on SNX production quarter over quarter. So what I am reading into that is that hopefully that means that the Model X specifically is ramping up more. In fact, a little, just a little bit of anecdotal evidence to that effect is the wait time on the Model X. So just recently, in fact, the last time I talked about this, which wasn't that long ago, the wait time on a new order for a Model X was one year. Now it's down to five to eight months. A long range Model X, which remember, that was the longer wait time compared to the Plaid. Spend a little more and it'll magically show up at your door sooner. So the long range Model X estimates this week when I checked are estimated to deliver between March of 2023 and June of 2023. So that's a big improvement over 12 months. So good stuff on the SNX and particularly the Model X front. Now, the next story I have for you, and I gotta say, I can't believe this next story is the C story this week, because this is a big story, but that's just how significant those first two stories I talked about were. But here it is, the third story on the podium this week, Elon Musk has announced the start of production for the Tesla Semi. He tweeted, excited to announce the start of production of the Tesla Semi truck with deliveries to Pepsi on December 1st. It's a 500 mile range and super fun to drive, end quote. Well, this is huge and just a really good sign for not just the progress of the 4680 battery cells, but also the previously stated intention to have 2023 be a year of product launches. Just recently, I shared with a sigh my belief. I was trying to just resign myself to the anecdotal evidence that it looks like the next generation Tesla Roadster was going to slip another year into 2024. Tesla hasn't said that. Nobody said that. That was just me reading some tea leaves and trying to look at it from a, from a logical perspective. And a big part of the reason that I had said that is because it seemed like three vehicle launches in a single calendar year, semi, Cybertruck, Roadster, might be a bit optimistic for a company that's still never done more than one vehicle launch in a calendar year. Two's a lot more feasible, and it could still just be one, but I am now more optimistic because, you know, now that the semi is going to be 2022 and the Cybertruck is certainly looking good for 2023, if the Roadster does nevertheless slip into 2024, it might still end up being just one product launch next year. But I am nevertheless now more optimistic about the chances of the Cybertruck and the Roadster making it to market next year. But let's bring it back to the semi. This start of production, these first deliveries to Pepsi, 
will bring an end to what has been Tesla's longest gap from product reveal to the start of production. On December 1st, when these first deliveries happen, we will have just passed by a couple weeks the five-year anniversary of the Tesla Semi's reveal in November of 2017. That record will now be held by the aforementioned new Roadster, which was, of course, so very awesomely and very memorably announced at the same event as what is, in my humble opinion, the greatest one more thing of all time at any press conference when the Roadster emerged in a, in a cloud of, uh, you know, of dry ice from the back of that Tesla Semi's box trailer at the end of the Tesla Semi reveal. Uh, it also means if you want to count the new Model S and X as a new product launch, which honestly, I'm inclined to give Tesla the benefit of the doubt on it, since the S and the X did have a completely new interior, an exterior refresh, new battery tech, new thermal tech for those batteries, and those cars had been off the market for well over six months. In fact, the Model X was off the market for even longer, but the S was off the market entirely for over six months prior to its relaunch. So if we, if we count each of those as half of a new product launch, well, they both combine to add up to one new product launch for 2021. So if we count that, that means that Tesla will now have shipped a new vehicle for the past three years running. The Model Y in early 2020, right as the pandemic was starting, the new S and the X in 2021, and the Tesla Semi in late 2022. Then, looking ahead, Tesla stands to see that streak extend to four years in a row with the Cybertruck in 2023. And if the Roadster does slip into 2024, you'd have a five-year streak of launching at least new one new product a year. Though, believe me, I would certainly be happy to see that streak end at four and have the Roadster start delivering by the end of next year. Hey, as an aside on this topic, by the way, Remember the referral program prizes from 2017-2018? What I believe is the second to last unfulfilled prize from that referral program, aside from the new Roadster itself, was a promised opportunity to drive the Tesla Semi. It was one of the secret level prizes that you needed to get a good number of referrals to unlock. I don't remember exactly how many but it was a good number. So now I can't help but wonder, since this thing's gonna come out, it's going into production, is that referral prize, that secret level prize, finally gonna come to fruition sometimes, sometime next year? Because I, I can't imagine they're gonna do it right away at the end of this year. They've gotta get some trucks over to Pepsi and those other clients that have ordered them first. But, uh, I wonder if that is finally going to happen sometime next year, just as you'll remember from not long ago, what, just a, a two, three months ago, the other long promised secret level referral prize, which was launching your photograph into space, that finally happened earlier this year. And by the way, if Tesla does make good on that, the, uh, the chance to drive the Tesla Semi, I do have the good fortune to be one of the lucky people who will get to do that. 
And so, of course, I will absolutely tell you about that should the opportunity arise. That would be a trip. I think it's safe to say that 99% of the Ride the Lightning audience, myself included, has never driven a big rig. So that would be uh, quite an experience just on the surface, but let alone a a next-generation all-electric Tesla semi-truck that can do 0 to 60 in, like, what did they say? Was it, I think it was like nine seconds, you know, something crazy for a vehicle that size. I'll have to go look it up again. But anyway, so happy to see the Tesla Semi finally coming to market. And, you know, again, earlier this year uh, on an earnings call, Elon had said 2023 was is going to be a, a year of big product launches. And he had said the Semi, the Cybertruck and the Roadster, like he had mentioned them. So the Semi actually starting deliveries this year is awesome. That is an excellent sign. Love it. Uh, Next up this week, let's check in on Hertz, shall we? Now that their Tesla fleet has been rolling out and getting bigger every month. This story comes via Drive Tesla Canada, who writes, Hertz announced last year their plans to purchase 100,000 Tesla vehicles as the car rental company transitions its fleet to electric. Since the announcement and since adding the first Model 3 and Model Y cars to its fleet in Canada and the U.S., the company is seeing very strong demand from customers for the EV. Hertz CEO Stephen Scher told Yahoo Finance Live this week that the demand is coming from both the recreational traveler and business travelers. Scher says the companies are selecting Teslas for their employees, to help meet their own targets in reducing their carbon footprint. Quote, demand has been very, very solid. We're seeing demand not just among leisure travelers, but also among corporate corporate travelers, where in fact corporations want their employees in an electric vehicle to satisfy some of their own carbon footprint objectives. That demand is only expected to increase towards the end of the year as people travel for the holiday season. Quote, Bookings have been positive out through the next couple of months, but equally through the holiday period where it's proving quite strong, he said. With all the Tesla vehicles in their fleet, as well as Polestar and soon GM EVs, Hertz also announced this past week that it partnered with BP to install EV chargers across North America. Thank you to Drive Tesla Canada there. Now, I know none of us would categorize it this way, but... The big bet that Hertz made on EVs was something of a risk. You know, all of us would say no, because we we drive EVs. We know the benefits. We know that this is a a long-term, even a short-term, but particularly a long-term good move. But the fact is, the, the general public, the business world, you know, anytime you're spending $4 billion, which remember, that was the amount of this deal with Tesla for 100,000 Model 3s and Ys, anytime you're spending $4 billion, it's a risk. Obviously, again, all of us felt like it was a bullish move. And so I, for one, am really, really happy to see a good progress report from Hertz's CEO now that those cars are out there being rented. And the fact that they're now also moving to install fast chargers as well, That's huge. Don't overlook that. Dare I say, this is critical. This is a critical piece of the puzzle for Hertz. 
uh, and we all get to benefit from it because the Teslas in Hertz's fleet can most likely get by on the supercharger network since the superchargers are easy, they're convenient, and they are numerous. The supercharger network is the largest EV charging network in the United States. But those Polestars that Hertz is adding and the GM EVs that they're adding to their fleet, those are going to need all the extra fast charging options that they can get. I don't mean that to sound like a dig at those companies, by the way. I'm not trying to pick on Polestar. I'm not trying to pick on GM. But Hertz building out these chargers will help the EV movement in general. Because obviously those chargers aren't going to be used exclusively by Hertz customers. It's a rising tide that lifts all boats. That is the scenario here. And I applaud it. So bravo, Hertz. Good stuff. Next up this week, there is still more to talk about. Tesla has topped a brand loyalty ranking. This is not the first time this has happened. Again, via Drive Tesla Canada, who writes, The study was carried out by S&P Global Mobility. It measured loyalty by the number of households that repeatedly buy cars from the same brand, meaning they will return to a particular brand. In the luxury segment, Tesla came first with a 67% brand loyalty rate, obviously two out of every three Tesla owners that they surveyed bought another one, with Mercedes-Benz coming a distant second at 50.5%. BMW came third at 48.8%, and Lexus fourth, not too far behind, 47.7%. Lincoln was fifth, right behind them, 47.6%, as reported by Automotive News. The data used for the study covered a year ending in July, uh, and in the mainstream segment, Ford came in first with a loyalty rate of 59.6%, while Toyota came in second at 57.2%, Subaru number 3, 55%, followed by Chevrolet right behind them, 54.9%, Hyundai rounds out the top five, 53.8%. So this is not a surprise to any of you listening to this. I've talked about it repeatedly over the years, And many of you at this point have lived it. Once you get one Tesla, you often want to replace any other cars in the household with Teslas as well. Now, that's not a blanket statement. I know that that probably sounds in a vacuum like a very fanboy statement. I am a Tesla fanboy, but I don't mean that to sound like a fanboy statement. Because there are plenty of you out there who have weekend toys, you know, some cars that are gas-powered that you you value in categories that doesn't offer a product in, such as a, you know, fun sports car or, more practically, a minivan. That's, That's a big one, I know, for a lot of you. But certainly, we have seen over the past decade that the quickest way to end up becoming a multi Tesla household is to become a Tesla household, to get one Tesla. And by the way, Ford, uh, Ford up there vying for number one, no doubt, largely on the back of F-150 loyalty. And what I want to say about that real quick, I know this is a Tesla podcast, but hopefully the F-150 Lightning will help strengthen Ford's numbers, their loyalty numbers. I suspect Tesla's loyalty number is going to go up over time as well because Tesla, as I said, they're they're going to enter more market segments, like, for instance, the pickup truck market with the Cybertruck next year, which, uh, you know, 
the buyers of that, hopefully you're going to be really happy because you're going to know what you're buying before you get into it. So you're not just going to buy it and be like, it's hideous. I hate it. Why did I buy this? You know, you're going to see it before you take delivery. You know what you're getting into. So uh, it's going to be fun to see all the enthusiastic new Cybertruck owners starting next year. Uh, next, I guess uh, this, is what? this is probably one more story this week. This is all I've got for you. Tesla has finally opened up orders for the Model Y in Taiwan, offering two variants of the electric SUV to customers in East in the East Asian country. And one more tip of the cap. Great job on the reporting front this week to drive Tesla Canada, who picked up this story as well, writing, according to an update to the online design studio, the Model Y long range and Model Y performance are both available for purchase in Taiwan. The long range variant is priced at uh, 2.3 million in the local currency or about 72,500 in US dollars a slight premium over prices in North America. Opting for the Performance Model Y will set you back 2.6 million of the local currency or $82,000 US. Interestingly, unlike how Tesla's website normally shows an expected delivery timeline, neither variant has this information on the design studio. However, according to information obtained by Drive Tesla, the first shipment of vehicles should arrive in Taiwan in Q4, probably towards the end of the quarter. Perhaps more importantly, we have also learned that Model Ys destined for Taiwan will be made at Giga Berlin and not Giga Shanghai, as many people might expect. The factory has been building test vehicles for Taiwan over the last few months and should begin production of Model Y cars certified for sale in the country soon. Well, I know that I've got longtime Patreon backer Michael and the entire Tesla Owners Taiwan crew listening, so I certainly wanted to mention this as a shout-out to them, though they no doubt have already heard about this. Certainly, I'm not, not breaking the news to them. They're on top of it. But still, this is great to see. I mean, the Model Y is on its way. And again, this in a vacuum, if you don't know, if you haven't been following the world of Tesla what I'm about to say sounds like fanboy hyperbole, but it's not. And that statement that I'm going to make is this. The Model Y is on its way to becoming the number one selling car in the entire world. Fact. It hasn't done it yet, but it is on its way. It is trending in that direction. And in order to do that, it's going to have to get into more markets. So launching in Taiwan is certainly a notable and appreciated step towards that big goal. Although I am surprised at the source factory for these cars, because Taiwan is obviously a lot closer to Giga Shanghai than it is to Giga Berlin. And as we have seen, Elon has talked repeatedly in the past about building cars as close to customers as possible in order to cut down on the costs of shipping the cars and the greenhouse gas emissions generated from transporting the cars. I looked it up. It's over 10 times farther of a distance. 839 kilometers from Taiwan to Shanghai versus 9,037 kilometers from Taiwan to Berlin. So... Color me confused on this one, but still, 
It is great news that Taiwan is going to get the Model Y. And if any of my listeners in Taiwan out there are ordering, let me be the first to say congratulations on your upcoming Model Y delivery. That's everything I've got for you in a very busy week of Tesla news. But stick with me. I've got some of your excellent phone calls lined up in the Ride the Lightning hotline right after this. Before I get to the Ride the Lightning hotline, let me again remind you about Accelerate Auto and their X-Care extended warranties for EVs. That discount code, 100 bucks off, still running. It's going to be running through the rest of the year because the response from you guys was super strong. So thank you for that. So uh, accelerateauto.com slash Xcare. These guys are the former Tesla guys that started doing these extended warranties because Tesla no longer will. So things like MCU replacements, onboard computer systems, door handles for the Model S, AC and HVAC issues, air suspension on SNX. All that and much more are covered by their extended service plans once your four-year, 50,000-mile factory warranty is up, as mine just recently was. X-Care is built specifically for electric vehicles and offers coverage for up to 10 years and up to 175,000 miles with a $100 deductible. But the plan is totally customizable. As I mentioned last week, I've got a three-year 40,000 mile extended warranty plan myself. They also offer leasing for uh, both consumers and businesses as well as public entities that are looking for more creative leasing solutions than a cookie cutter approach. In fact, unlike Tesla's leases, Accelerate allows you to buy the car at the end of the term if you want to. So learn more and find the right extended warranty plan for you and your Tesla at accelerateauto.com slash xcare. That's X-C-E-L-E-R-A-T-E-A-U-T-O dot com slash X-C-A-R-E. And don't forget about that discount code, Lightning, for $100 off of your purchase. All right, time for the Ride the Lightning Hotline. Your questions, your comments, your discussion topics, your phone calls. Thank you all so much for calling in, everybody, this week. If uh, you heard something on the show this week that you want to chime in about, maybe it's the Tesla Semi finally come to f- coming to fruition. Maybe it's the production and delivery numbers. Maybe it's the removal of the ultrasonic sensors. I would love to hear from you. There are two easy ways that you can call in. Either use your smartphone's built-in vo- voice recording software. Send me the recording. Please try to keep it to 90 seconds or less. You email that file to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. Or you can just call and leave a message on the Ride the Lightning hotline, which is also very simple. The toll-free number you dial there is 1-888-989-8752. Again, that's 1-888-989-TSLA. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. Let's kick it off with Matt from Cleveland. Hey, Ryan, this is Matt from Cleveland calling with two things. First, um, I noticed in my Tesla app, uh, you know, when you schedule a service appointment, there is now a button for uh, CCS 
charger retrofit. Now, I have a 2018 Tesla Model 3, so my car doesn't have the capability of doing CCS charging, but I imagine if I get this retrofit, it will. I'll be able to buy the charge adapter. So I was excited to see that. I noticed if I push the button, though, it said that, uh, you know, all the appointments are full and uh, I'm going to have to wait. So I thought that was interesting because I've been anxiously waiting that since it's difficult to charge at CCS chargers um, with Tesla. Second thing I have was a question. I'm looking for your guidance on tires. I have the 18-inch wheels on my Model 3, and I'm looking at getting new wheels as my car is over four years old. And um, I just wanted to get the lay of the land and understand what the different options are for tires now. Obviously, there's the stock Michelin um, ones that I have, but I understand that many companies, Michelin and others, have come out with newer EV tires, maybe that are good for range. So I wanted to see if you had any advice there. Uh, Anyway, thanks. Bye. Matt, thanks for your call. Yes, indeed. It is great to see Tesla have a really good, smooth rollout plan for that CCS adapter, including the folks that need the retrofit. They clearly planned well for this. Like, that is obvious. So kudos to Tesla for a good job here because I have criticized them in the past for just suddenly springing things on us, uh, like the not including the wall charger, or excuse me, not including the mobile connectors with the cars anymore. That was poorly handled. This handled much, much, much better. Uh, so second, regarding your tire question, your stock Michelin X- MXM4 tires, they have two things going for them. One, the noise-reducing foam insulation. Two, low rolling resistance. Now, as such, their treadwear rating's 500, which is excellent. Tire Rack shows those tires at $307 each. Now, that's I'm putting in my zip code, and it's you know that might not exactly be what comes up when you put them in, but that's ballpark. There's the Continental Extreme Contact DW606 Pluses that have a 560 treadwear rating, but they're not low uh, low rolling resistance, and they don't have the foam. But they are cheaper at $209 per tire, and they should last as long or longer thanks to, they're not going to be quite as efficient since they're not the low rolling resistance, but they're going to last a while. Theoretically, they should last uh, about 12% longer than the stock Michelins do. I took a deeper look. There are some even cheaper tires with even higher tread wear ratings as well. But you keep going down that rabbit hole and you're going to sacrifice ride quality and potentially grip. So in short, while there are new EV specific tire options on the way, in my opinion, and again, it's just that an opinion, the stock Michelins are probably still the best all around tire for the 18s on the Model 3. Again, you could get sportier ones, you could get longer, uh, you know, better tread wear. All around, though, I still think the the OEM, the factory options, the way to go. So I hope that helps as you are making that decision. Next up this week, here's Jason from Temecula. Hey, Ryan, this is Jason from Temecula again. Calling about my Model X order, it has been getting delayed, which totally normal for Tesla. But my question I have is, will I begin the 4680 batteries in this vehicle? Uh, one of the reasons I did purchase it was because it was supposed to have the better batteries, better range, and just the newer technology. Any insight would greatly be appreciated. 
Thanks for all you do, and give Daisy a hug and a pet for me. Howdy, Jason. Well, let me start by delivering that Daisy hug for you. Come here, Daisy. There's a hug. There you go, pups. Yes. Continue doing what you were doing, which is just hanging out on the couch. It's a good life for Daisy. Uh, anyway, Jason, I have good news and bad news. So the bad news is that, no, the new SNX are not immediately, anytime soon, getting the 4680 battery cells. You know, I need nothing in the foreseeable future. Now, presumably, the Model S Plaid Plus that was going to have 520 miles of range and a 0 to 60 time even quicker than the 1.99 seconds of the Plaid, that was, we all presumed that was going to be a 4680 based car because that's where those advantages would come from. The range advantage and the performance advantage would come from these latest and greatest battery cells, the new tech, new battery technology, new battery chemistry. But as you know, the Plaid Plus was canceled. However, the good news is that the new S and the new X use the latest generation 18650 cells that can clearly output a ton of power and both of those cars using it have what is by far the best thermal management that Tesla has ever had in a car, meaning they can put down all of their power for days on end without the battery getting too hot. So it is, it is definitely uh, the latest and greatest. You are getting something awesome. And I hope that makes you feel a little bit better about it. Next this week, here's Robert from Texas also waiting for a Model X. Ryan, this is Robert from Texas. Uh, you might remember I had a Model X that's been on order for about a year and a half. Uh, it's finally on its way, but I've got a, I don't know, maybe a question, but more of a comment for you uh, because it's really part of Tesla's whole delivery experience. Uh, the one piece of uh, bad experience I've had is that when I put in my uh, old car trading estimate, uh, three weeks ago, I got a certain amount from Tesla and then the final trade-in value, no change in any information, uh, was 50% less than that. Number one, uh, and this is a Tesla model X 2016. And secondly, uh, well, well below wholesale, I would say probably, you know, 35% below wholesale or 40% below wholesale, which makes no sense at all. Um, and I was wondering if you heard some similar comments or complaints from people, because now basically I've got to sell it to a third party because it's just such a lowball offer. And Tesla, which obviously touts and I believe in uh, the value, uh, holding value of the cars, and then to lowball trade-ins, it just doesn't make much sense to me. And I wonder if they're just not putting enough proper focus on that part of the customer experience of the delivery. Thanks. Love your show. See you. Bye. Robert, I'm really honestly sorry to hear this because I thought a trade-in estimate from Tesla was good for 30 days, but clearly I'm mistaken on that. So obviously, yeah, you got to look elsewhere. And I empathize with the added stress that that's causing you in the process, which, as you noted, has already gone on for a very, very long time. Uh, this fast approaching finish line after a year and a half, it should just be exciting and fun. But you know, it's going to suffer a little bit until you can sort out your old X, which uh, Robert actually did. I'm going to read you his numbers in a second. But uh, what I wanted to add was that I have to say, Robert, I, I have not heard of anything like this happening. 
And the only theory I can come up with is that, is it possible that now that Tesla is finally delivering the new long range X to folks like yourself who've had orders in for a long time, that Tesla has a glut of used X inventory, thus driving your trade-in estimate from them way down? Now, I'm not trying to make apologies for them here. I'm just trying to genuinely think of any decent reason why this would happen. Uh, now, Robert did send me a follow-up email, and he said, Carvana, Car- Car- yeah, Carvana, that's how you say it, right? Carvana paid me $58,000 this morning uh, for the 2016 Model X that Tesla lowballed me with the 39.5 offer after giving me an estimate four weeks before of between 57 and 62K, just FYI. So thank you for that follow-up, Robert, and you know, happy to pass along this experience to others. I hope this doesn't happen to anybody else. But on the plus side, Robert, you are going to be getting one heck of a car in the new Model X, one that is massively, massively better than the 2016 version that you're trading in. I've got time for one more caller this week. It's going to be John from the Gold Coast in Australia. Go ahead, John. G'day, Ryan. First time caller, John here, speaking to you from the sunny Gold Coast in Australia, where I'm patiently waiting for my Model Y performance, which should arrive in November or December this year. Um, The reason I'm calling is I remember at the beginning of 2022, there were reports of ventilated or cool seats being introduced into Model 3 and Y, uh, Tesla Rati reported that the update to the Model 3 and Y owner's manual hinted at cooled seats. So I wanted to know if you or the community had seen any updates on the cooled seats in the 3 and Y. I used to own a Model S without ventilated seats, and as you can imagine, in the heat that we get here down under, those vegan leather seats used to end up quite sweaty on a long journey, despite having the air conditioning on. I was thinking that cooled seats may also have the added benefit of being able to dial back the air conditioning, so you're not trying to cool the entire cabin, which would potentially help improve the overall efficiency of the car and, and perhaps better range. So keep up the good work. I really enjoyed the show. One of the things I like about your show is you keep it really upbeat and positive. So keep it up. Hey, John. First of all, congratulations on that upcoming delivery. You are getting an awesome car. And side note, if it's a 2023 model year, it's possible that you'll ha- end up with a new steering wheel, no stalks, and highly probable that you'll have those clean bumpers with no ultrasonic sensors on them, as I talked about earlier in the podcast. But to answer your question, there haven't been any more whispers of ventilated seats in the 3 or the Y that I've heard or read about. But if it is going to happen, the best chance of it happening is probably at the model year changeover, so you are well positioned to get them if it does come to pass. Here's hoping the rest of your wait goes by quickly. Thanks so much for calling in. And thanks to everybody that took the time to call in this week. I promise I'll get to more phone calls on next week's podcast. There's clearly a lot to talk about, a lot of big things to react to going on in the world of Tesla this week. So feel free to call in and make your voice heard. I gave you the call-in information at the top of this segment. Stick with me, though. I am not done. I'll be right back with your pro tip of the week and more right after this. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117. You're listening to Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. 
You know, that Cybertruck looks a lot like a warthog, doesn't it? Master Chief, out. Before I get to the pro tip of the week this week, I want to give you an entertainment recommendation, and it's a book. Uh, and it's a book written by a friend of mine uh, who I would consider a mentor in my career, who I unfortunately learned uh, passed away very young, since his 50s, passed away uh, last week. And he wrote a book that's really good, and it's a video game book, so maybe it won't be of interest to you, and that's okay. But if you do love video games as I do, particularly older ones, and particularly games made by LucasArts, the video game division of, of uh, George Lucas's whole shop, you know, of course, up here in the Northern California area. Lucasfilm is what they were, you know, the, what the studio was originally known as, and then it became LucasArts. Well, my friend, his name's Rob Smith. He wrote a book maybe 10 years ago now, something like that, called Rogue Leaders, The Story of LucasArts. And I'm looking at the hardcover of it on my shelf right now, and I read it cover to cover when, I first, when it first came out. And it's a really cool book about a really fascinating video game developer who was extraordinarily talented. And this, the LucasArts went through a lot of ups and downs as a studio, as an overall place where, you know, it, it, for a while it was this hotbed of incredible creativity around not just Star Wars games and some Indiana Jones games, but also a lot of new original ideas as well. And then they went into this period where the management no longer, you know, the, the priorities of their studio shifted and they, they weren't really making games internally anymore. They were just licensing their intellectual properties to, to external studios. And anyway, uh, the book, I, I just thinking a lot about, about Rob this week, who was my editor-in-chief at Official Xbox Magazine. Not the first one, not the one who hired me, but Rob was there, uh, and I've actually known Rob longer. I, to, to give you a quick story, Rob was, I came to know Rob when he was the editor-in-chief of PC Gamer Magazine, which I read religiously in high school and college. And, uh, and in college, in fact, during one of my college journalism classes, there was an assignment to do a, a profile on someone of interest to you. And so I thought, well, you know what? Gosh, I love PC Gamer and I want to do that for a living. I, knew, I was lucky. I knew what I wanted to do pretty early on. And I'm even luckier to actually get to do it. But I thought, you know what? I'm going to, you know, they put email addresses in the magazine. I'm going to reach out and see if he'll agree to an interview to, to do this, fulfill this journalism assignment. And to his great credit, he did. And I was so proud when I got an A on that. And I got an A on it because I, I was so interested in the subject matter, in the person, in this case, in Rob. It was, you know, it was so near and dear to me. And I sent Rob a copy of, of the final paper and I told him I got an A on it. And uh, when I applied for a job at Official Xbox Magazine, which is just down the hall from PC Gamer, the same publisher put those two magazines out. I wrote to Rob and I said, hey, you know, you think maybe you could put in a good word for me? And he never told me whether he did or not, but I choose to believe he did because, I mean, I... Why else would they give me the job over plenty of other candidates, right? I mean, I mean, I was certainly hungry and I knew a lot about video games and hopefully I had some kind of raw talent. But, you know, things like that can make the difference for you in getting a job versus not getting a job. And, 
And then as the years went on, I got to know Rob personally, that we were working at the same company together. And then he became my boss and really, really mentored my career and meant a lot to me. And we kept in touch for a long, well, we always kept in touch after. I mean, his last email to me was six months ago. I was reading it this week. And uh, his passing really, really hurt. Uh, but if so, I just want to I know I'm bringing the show down here, but if you if you're into video games as I am and specifically that era at Lucas at Lucas Arts, Lucasfilm, you know, they, they had a really interesting video game history. Look up Rob's book. I don't I, I, I got to be honest, I hadn't planned. I didn't put anything in my notes to talk about this. This just kind of popped into my head as I was looking over at my bookshelf and seeing it over there. And I thought, you know what, let me mention Rob's book and, and what he meant to me. So if it is of interest to you, just Google it. Rogue Leaders, The Story of LucasArts by Rob Smith. And if you can find it, I hope you enjoy it. And I'm pretty sure you will because it's really good. And uh, and yeah, Rob, rest in peace. It's I'll tell you, it's um, I'm I'm 42 now and I've been very privileged in life to not really be I've not really had to face death in in terms of my uh, my family, my friends, just I have not really had to deal with it. My, uh, you know, I, I, I've lost grandparents when I was much younger and it, it you don't really I guess. Well, I guess I can't I can only speak for myself. It, it doesn't. You, I didn't have the sort of life wisdom and life, the sort of perspective, that's the word, perspective to really uh, have it affect me in a way that it really should have as a kid when you just think everything is perfect in the world, you know, you live forever and all that. But anyway, this is now the second person in my life this year after my cousin Pat in January to have died quite young, you know, uh, so it's, it's, it's been, it's been an unfortunate introduction to the concept of, of death. And, and again, I, I realize I'm very privileged and lucky to have not until 42 had to really mourn people in a meaningful way that, that in terms of people that were meaningful to me, but you know, don't the if you have a mentor, Somebody that really has meant a lot to you, either in your personal life or your professional life, boy, please reach out to them and just tell them, you know, say hi to them, check in with them, tell them you appreciate them, share a memory. We made a, well, somebody made a, in, in Rob's life, made a, a, a remembering Rob Facebook group, private group, and just inviting people in his life that, and I was invited to be a part of that. And, and I wrote some things on there and, and just reading everybody else's memories of him and, it was, uh, yeah, so just, if you've got somebody like that in your life, tell them you appreciate them. Tell them what they mean to you. What, whether you talked to them last week or if it's been 10 years, tell them what they mean to you. All right, let me, let me <laughs> come back up here out of the, let me just bring the mood up a little. Let's do a pro tip of the week. Let's all learn something about our Teslas. It's from Kenny in Virginia, this week's pro tip of the week. Kenny, go ahead. Hi, Ryan. This is Kenny from Virginia, and I wanted to share a tip for subscribers of YouTube TV. Um, on most any mobile device I've ever seen, you had to have a YouTube TV app to watch it. Uh, it's a 
live TV streaming and cloud DVR service. Um, but I never saw that app for Tesla. But what I have found is if you go into YouTube on your Tesla and you log in with your Google account, the same account you use for YouTube TV, and once YouTube comes up, in the upper right corner there's a square box with six little squares in, inside it. If you touch that icon, there is an option to watch YouTube TV. So you click that, and bingo, it comes up. The only caveat is that uh, you probably won't be able to watch your local TV ch channels because uh, you t the Tesla seems like it presents itself as being in Florida, at least for, from where I live. But other than that, it works great. Love your show. Thanks. Fantastic pro tip here, Kenny. Thank you very much for sending this. I wonder if this is something the Tesla software team didn't intend, or maybe they did. They, you know, left it in there as a little kind of, you know, a little backdoor, a little workaround. But either way, it sounds like this functions as a very, very clever hack. I'm glad you found it. Glad you shared it with us. Thank you so much for passing it along. If anybody else out there has a good pro tip of the week that you'd like to share with me and your fellow owners and enthusiasts, please do call in with it. You can do that the same way that you call in on the regular Ride the Lightning hotline, the instructions for which I gave you earlier in the podcast. Before I go, though, as always, let me mention some friend of the, friends of the podcast that can hopefully help you out. I've got some discount codes for some excellent places. Starting with abstractocean.com, I encourage you to visit. If you haven't been there in a while, go there. Just does only takes a few seconds, abstractocean.com. You can search by vehicle, so you can sort all of their awesome aftermarket accessories by which vehicles they're compatible with. So choose your vehicle, S3, X, or Y, and then see what they've got. For instance, the tempered glass screen protectors that are totally custom made, complete with, if you didn't know this, there is a little subtle curve in the bottom of the glass on the Model 3 and Model Y center screen. Uh, they also sell the rear footwell lighting kits, which are great in the Model Y for the second row passengers. They sell a drop-in drop cup holder stabilizer, just all kinds of stuff. Take a look for yourself at abstractocean.com and use the coupon code RTLPODCAST at checkout to get 15% off of your first order. Again, that's RTLPODCAST, all one word. Meanwhile, at everyamp.com RTL, you can get your snap plate for the Model 3, Model Y, Model X, and Model S as well. It is the front license plate bracket that'll snap on and off in seconds, but when it's on, it's gonna stay on nice and securely, and when it's on, it's gonna look very nice and clean, minimal design, blends really well with the front of the car, and leaves no unsightly hardware or tape residue behind when it's removed, because there's no tape like the way there is with the front plate that Tesla gives you. So make those fix-it tickets go away for those of you who, like me, hate having to use a front license plate. Again, get yours at everyamp.com slash RTL. Update from Budget Safe Solar for me, budgetsafesolar.com, 
who would like you to contact them today if you have the slightest interest in installing solar on your home or business property. Why now? Because tomorrow your neighborhood may have reached its circuit capacity and may not be able to handle another customer supplying the infrastructure until repairs are completed who knows when. So don't get shut out because you thought that roof may have had another year left in it, which is exactly what we thought. We were wrong. (laughs) We were wrong. So uh, anyway, to finish the plug, budgetsafesolar.com. And if you do proceed, please use the referral code RTL. I humbly ask that you do that. And we got our permits approved, which is exactly when we anticipated, when we were told to expect that would happen. However, little wrench in in the works, the replacement roof, the estimate, the, the, they're now saying it's three times more for the roof, just the replacement roof, not even the solar panels, triple the price of the new roof versus what we were originally quoted. So uh, my wife and I have just kind of pressed pause. We're going to just, we're just going to do our due diligence, get a couple of other quotes from roofers, see if, you know, if this is fair, you know, it's because we, you know, it's, it's a big deal. You got to do your due diligence. It's nothing against budget safe solar, but that's where we stand. And again, this actually, the, the triple quote, it's not, it's not on them. It's on the, the contractor that's doing it. So, you know, this isn't a, this, I'm not saying anything uh, ill against budget safe solar, but again, I told you I was going to be honest with you through the whole process. So here's where we are. Everything's been going according to plan and everything had been going really well. And in, and like I said, this this roof estimate, this may just be what in fact is the going rate for a new roof. And th- that is what it is. So we'll see. I'll keep you updated, but they are definitely worth looking into. Again, you're probably going to do what I did, which is contact Tesla Solar. That was the first place I went. I'll be honest. I didn't go right to Budget Safe Solar. I went to tesla.com slash solar first and got the quote and, you know, wanted to see if Tesla themselves were, were going to be a good fit. And it didn't work out uh, because of not, not so much the price situation, but they just, they have a cookie cutter thing and we needed a little bit more of a custom touch on our hundred plus year old, tall, narrow San Francisco home and budget safe solar has been great in giving us that that personal attention and and a customized approach to this thing. And so we'll see what happens with the roof and then we will move forward one way or the other. But check them out, budgetsafesolar.com in addition to inevitably also getting your quote at Tesla as well. Meanwhile, Immaculate Reflections, what a wonderfully talented detailer Uh, that can take such great care of of your car. If you are in or going to be in the greater San Francisco Bay Area with your car, why not take it over to Immaculate Reflections for a spa day? They're currently, as always, off very kindly offering a discount to any of the listeners of Ride the Lightning for booking any work. So anything you want to get done, there's a nice little discount that's, uh, that's there for you, whether it's ceramic coating, paint protection film, and or paint correction, get in touch via the website, which is irdetailing.com. You can always go on his Instagram, Jeff's Instagram, to see what's up as well. That's immaculate underscore reflections. And then uh, there is the Yelp page, if you just want to see what other people are saying about immaculate reflections, yelp.com slash immaculate reflections. And uh, I, I, like I said, 
I'm, I'm a walking endorsement. It's not, it's, my car is, looks awesome thanks to Jeff and Immaculate Reflections. And then puretesla.com slash RTL, your one-stop shop for your dash cam and sentry mode setups. Go with their micro SD-based solution. You will not regret it. 49 bucks is all it takes, and it's free shipping anywhere in the U.S. 49 bucks for the 128 gigabyte kit, or $69 if you'd like to step up to the 256 gigabyte kit. Comes fully formatted, out of the package, ready to go. Works with Mac or PC. They will ship worldwide if you're a listener outside of the U.S., but that free shipping happening anywhere in the U.S. So get yours at puretesla.com slash RTL. And then Jada. Jada's got some good stuff too around the center console region of your car. They've got the USB hub console, which is a storage organizer, USB hub, Apple watch charger, and AirPod charger all in one. They've also got the Jada tray, which is a drop-in tech-focused center console organizer that also can wirelessly charge your Apple AirPods, your Apple watch, your Pixel Buds, and then they have the wireless charging pad for older Model 3s like mine. So if any of those products are of interest to you, check them out. The website is getjada.com slash ref slash eight. That's my referral link. I humbly ask that you use that. In return for using that URL, I'll give you a discount via the coupon code RTL. So enjoy that. And then finally, I mentioned it at the top, but the Patreon is the primary way through which you can voluntarily choose to support the podcast. It's at patreon.com slash Podcast. Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. This podcast will always be free. It will always show up for you every Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific. But as I hope is evident, a lot of love, a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of research goes into this podcast I uh, love doing it. We've got the support tiers that start at five bucks a month that gets you early access to each week's show. And then the $10 a month tier gets you the, the early access and the weekly bonus lightning round mini episodes. And it goes up from there. So again, check it out at some point. Hopefully at some point in the future, you'll be uh, checking out that page at patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. Finally, you can reach out to me via email anytime, teslapodcast at gmail.com. And then social media, if you care to follow me on either Twitter and or Instagram, same handle on both, DMC underscore Ryan. And let me say hello before I go to the Plaid, Maximum Plaid, and Roadster in Space tier backers. I'll start with the grandfathered-in Plaid-level supporters, George Cassioppo, David Brander, Logan Willis, Jason Chalukas, Tim Hyde, Peter Chalet, Eric Randolph, Dorian Steve Guberman, the Tesla owners of Taiwan, Ron Lee, Charlie Gillespie, David Perella, Dennis Peak, Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabanillas, the Lydia family, Aaron Altschul, Jared Brown, Jerome Strack, Jamie Dalton, the Tesla owners East Bay Club, Mike and Barbara from Louisville, David J. Howes, Travis Krenzel, Matt Nixon, the Tesla owners club of Wisconsin, Jonathan Zelezny, Ish, Not Elon Musk, T. Kirk Lowry, Peter, and the Bear Boys of Colorado. An extra big thank you goes out to the Maximum Plaid backers, who uh, the top end of their perks, the, the, the top of the pile 
of the various perks they get is the permanent invitation, as long as they're pledging, to the monthly Patreon Zoom hangout, which we did last weekend and had a really good time at. Once again, the hour always flies by. In fact, we went five minutes over because we were having such a good conversation last week. So thank you very much to the Maximum Plaid backers. They are Jonathan Wales, Cameron Clark, Daniel Grummer, Seth Capello, Nick and Tony, the Galpin family, Ryan from Las Vegas, Darren Nickel, Kaz Barnes, Ulrich Lassa, Brett Libano, Patrick Wisniewski, Gil Cabrera, Watley, Eric Brown, Mark Eversoll, Todd Badger, Joe Edgel, Kevin Yank, the Tesla Owners Club of San Joaquin Valley, Michael Williams, Will Stedman, Mait Suaru, Derek Nesselrote, Justin Perez, Jeremy Harris, Chris Beach, Tom Mills, Alex Brem, Tyler Smith, Corey O'Donnell, Matthew Graham Droneberger, Scott Gillis, Aaron, John Cody, Andre Kent, Joel Sapp, Kim Bay, Paul Casarino, Richard Corley, Chris Osborne, KB, We Drive Tesla EV Luxury Car Rental in Oahu, HaloBengals.com, Chris Pratt, Ken Epstein, and Doug Carey. And finally, a thank you goes out as well to the Roadster in Space tier backers. The top of their perk pile is a monthly one-on-one hangout with me, should they elect to choose it each month. They are Pete White, Lyle Austin, Steve Radspinner, Fernando Cordero, Lawton from Chicago, Sean Neidig, Neil Weaver, Jackson Wallace, Rolf and Jennifer Evers, Howard Anthony Smith, Victoria Iacoveto, Tesla Hitchhiker 42, who I'm looking forward to chatting with this weekend, and Kara Weston. Thanks to all of you. In fact, I'll, uh, Howard Anthony Smith, Howard, I'll be talking to Howard very soon as well. It'll be, it's, always good to, it's always good to talk to the Roadster and Space Tier folks. We always have a good, good one-on-one chat as well. The, the hours always fly by because we're, we're talking about our, these shared interests of Tesla and the Elon-verse, so it's fun. All right, that will bring us to the end of Ride the Lightning Mini Milestone, episode 375. Happy electric motoring, my friends. And of course, I will see you back here next week. The shows drop every Sunday, 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific, except for those of you on the Patreon, in which case you get it early. You get it when you wake up Saturday morning. It's there for you because I upload it on late Friday night, which is what I'm going to do right now. So with that, have a great week, and I will see you again next week. I mean, I think a Tesla... It's the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. That's what it's meant to be. Our goal is to make... It's, it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun.